And welcome back. I'm Bill English, the publisher here at Bible and Business. I want to thank you for joining me today. It's good to see you. We're in an ongoing series on the theological context of business ownership. This is chapter one in my book, A Christian Theology of Business Ownership, and today we're going to be looking at part six of this seven-part series. Today we're going to be looking at connecting the unseen with the physical. What is the connection that the Bible talks about between the unseen realm and the physical realm? We're going to look at that today. But before we get started, I'd just like to invite you to head over to BibleAndBusiness.com and take advantage of the many resources that we have there to support you and to encourage you in your role as a Christian business owner or a Christian business leader. In addition, you can download the slides from today's episode at BibleAndBusiness.com. So let's kind of dive into this and let's start by reading uh, this sentence that you see here on the slide. Because God's presence is always with us through the Holy Spirit, there is a direct connection between our physical realm and the unseen realm. What this really means is that our physical geography matters. It matters in the Bible, and it matters in our walk with God. And the reason that it matters is because wherever God transcends into our physical world, that ground is holy for the time that he is there. One of the really good illustrations here is in Exodus 3, verses 1 through 5. Let me read this, if I may. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. So first of all, it's an angel, right? He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, but it was not being consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord, now we shift from the angel to the Lord, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then God said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. Now, why was the ground holy? It was holy because God's presence was there. It was holy because the ground was dedicated to God because of God's presence. Holy ground is dedicated to God and is owned by God, or God's presence is there. Anytime you find holy ground in the scripture, you'll find that one of these three things is true. Either the ground is dedicated to God, it is owned by God, or God's presence is there. Conversely, unholy ground does not have any of these characteristics, or the ground is dedicated to another God who is not Yahweh. Okay, So wherever we find God's presence, we'll find holy ground. Wherever we find the presence of God in our physical world, we will find holy ground. Now, the interesting thing here is that God's presence is in every believer. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? 
So wherever we are, God is in that physical place because his Holy Spirit who indwells within us and who is in us is with us. Remember, wherever God is in our physical realm, that place is holy. So we learn that God's presence in his disciples matters from a spiritual perspective. God inhabits those physical locations which his disciples inhabit because the Holy Spirit physically indwells every believer. This is a little bit of a mystery that many don't really understand, but it's true. The Holy Spirit physically indwells every believer. And since we are God's temple and his dwelling is within us, then we, then where we are becomes sanctified holy ground. This means that we advance the kingdom of God physically as well as spiritually by understanding that where we are and what we own are under the rule of God. Furthering his kingdom on this earth is not a metaphorical concept. It's not just some spiritual concept. In fact, it really is a real spiritual Christian theology that connects our physical world with the unseen realm. Let's just take a look real quick at the geographical references in the New Testament, just so uh, you don't think that this is kind of an odd theology. In Matthew 18, 16, we find that the places where believers are gathered is considered holy ground because Christ is with them. The fact that Christ indwells us, as I've already said, and we saw in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, really is as much a geographical statement as it is a theological one. Where we go physically, God goes with us. Where we, When we go to the grocery store, God is there. When we go to work, God is there. When we go to a conference, God is there. When we go to our churches and enter our church buildings, God is there. In each of these places and thousands more places where we go, it makes that ground holy, that place for the time that we are there because God is there too. Here's a quote from Dr. Michael Heiser uh, from uh, the Naked Bible podcast is the podcast that he runs. I encourage you to read his books as well, and I encourage you to consume his material. And you can start at the Naked Bible podcast, but he's written several books. You can find those at Amazon and other places. And here's this quote. This worldview is reflected in many places in the Bible. The worldview that we're talking about where the unseen realm is connected to the physical realm. He goes on to say, for instance, in the Old Testament, the book of Daniel refers to foreign nations being ruled by divine princes, Daniel 10, 13, 20, and 21. Another example, when David was running from King Saul, he was forced out of Israel into Philistine territory. In 1 Samuel 26, 19, 19 David cried, they have driven me out from the Lord's land to a country where I can only worship foreign gods. David wasn't switching gods. He also wasn't denying that God was present everywhere. But Israel was holy ground. That was the place that belonged to the true God. And David was stuck in the domain of another God. But he goes on to write, my favorite Old Testament story that makes this point is found in 2 Kings chapter 5. Naaman was a captain in the Syrian army. He was also a leper. After he followed Elisha's instructions to wash himself seven times in the Jordan River, he was miraculously healed of leprosy. 
Naaman told Elisha, I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. But the prophet wouldn't take payment. So Naaman humbly asked if he could load a mule with dirt and take to take home with him. Why dirt? Why ask for dirt? Because that ground belonged to Israel's God. Therefore, that dirt was holy. How does this impact us then as a business owner? Well, I think it's important to note a number of things here. First of all, that what we own on earth is under our rule and therefore by association is under God's rule. Okay. Secondly, when we buy a business, that business comes under the rule of God and the kingdom is expanded to that business, both physically and legally. When we sell a business, that business comes under the rule of the one buying it. But the cash we gain from the sale comes under the rule of God. When we buy a house, for example, our house and its land, if land comes with it, are brought under the rule of God. When we rent a hotel room, that room is brought under the rule of God for the time that we have legal right to that room. In other words, the principle is that to which we legally own or have license is under God's rule and is, by definition, part of the kingdom of God, even if its use is only temporary. This leads to some interesting thoughts here. For example, if the oppositional forces, the forces who oppose God, are creating havoc on your management team, this is an example. As the owner of the business, you have unique authority to command them to leave your business and the activity of your business. While your team members may be able to pray against them, only you have final authority over your business in the spiritual realm. When God entrusts a business to you, you have unique authority, unique authority in the spiritual realm over that business. This is true in ministry as well. When God calls uh, a person to pastor a church or to serve as an elder, for that period of service, those pastors and those elders have unique authority over the activities of the demonic, which their par parishioners do not possess. If you're a pastor, you're an elder, you're a ministry leader. If those things are true about you, then you have a unique spiritual authority over that church or that ministry as long as you're the leader of it because God has placed that under your rule and therefore it is under God's rule. In addition, here we go. In addition, when it comes to our money, all of our money is sacred and dedicated to God. He owns all of it. You and I own nothing, okay? You don't just get to give God 10% and the rest of it is yours. God gets to tell you how to spend all 100%, not just 10%. This is one reason, I think, why atheism flourishes in a socialistic system. And I realize I'm diverting here a little bit, but hear me out. Without private property rights, Christians cannot place much physical goods or services under the authority of God. Without the ability to create wealth and personally own that wealth, it becomes difficult to fund kingdom activities. Let's remember that socialism is really more of a godless system than it is a political system, and because it's a godless system, Christians in socialistic countries have a hard time placing physical goods and services under the rule of God. So let's wrap up by looking at this central idea. Christian business owners have unique stewardship opportunities, 
and responsibilities which your employees don't have because God's entrustment of the business ownership is to you, the business owner, not to your employees. Therefore, we, Christian business owners, or you, have unique authority over our businesses for spiritual warfare and furthering God's rule on this earth. So what are the lessons that we have learned so far in this series? Well, we've learned these six lessons, and in the next episode, we'll learn a seventh. Here are the six lessons. In eternity, we will reign with Christ on earth, and that reign will be part of God's divine counsel. We serve God within a covenantal relationship, and our response to God's faithfulness is to persevere in our faith and to not give up. Presence is the conduit within that covenantal relationship through which love is passed back and forth between God and us. But presence uh, makes God present with us. Therefore, wherever we are, God is there, and his presence makes our physical locations holy wherever we go. Listen, I want to thank you for joining me today. I'm Bill English, the publisher here at Bible and Business. In our next episode, we'll be looking at the final part in our seven-part series, and we'll look at the value of faith and money. Thank you for joining me today, and please head over to BibleandBusiness.com and consume some of the other resources and tools that we have that will help support you and encourage you in your role as a Christian business owner or ministry leader. Again, thank you for joining me today. Go out and make it a great day. Take care.